Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter and at Keena underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. And, excuse me, you can follow this show along with the other program, podcast programming from We Are Regal Radio, a.k.a. War Media. By simply searching for War on Anchor, which keeps you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Wherever you download your podcast, Google Play, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for War on Anchor. We're also on iHeartRadio. Download the iHeartRadio app and type in on that search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube. You can not only hear us, you can see us do our thing. We are live. Hello. 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 Oh, Hello. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking the like five five steps back, but uh, we're building that plane while we're flying it. So uh, bear with us. Like, comment, and share the video on YouTube. Once again, we're at War Media. That's W-A-R-R Media on the YouTube. Uh, as of this broadcast, uh, it'll probably be Tuesday or Wednesday by the time you guys are listening to this. Uh, we are not. We referencing the Chicago Bears. They're currently on their bye week. And by the time you are listening to this, they are will have already played their Monday night football game against the Minnesota Vikings. So we will not reference, reference that game here. If you want to re-listen to our preview of that game, go back to our previous episode. You'll find your information there. With that being said, uh, guys, we will review the key games from Sunday's Week 10 NFL action. We'll start off with the headlining finish between the Arizona Cardinals and the Buffalo Bills. The Arizona Cardinals defeated the Bills 32-30 in the desert with a classic finish. Buffalo quarterback Josh Allen appeared to have thrown the game-winning touchdown with under 30 seconds remaining to Stephon Diggs. But Kyler Murray, sophomore quarterback for the Cardinals, said, not so fast. He delivered a Hail Mary pass to wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins with barely two seconds on the clock to deliver the Cardinals a win, which now uh, heads them uh, atop the, the NFC West division. Buffalo heads into that bye week with a 7-3 and three record. Lakina, I'll start with you. In our last episode, you did uh, predict in our pick segment that you wanted Arizona to win. You thought they were going to win. It didn't look good for a while, especially in that first half, but they came through in the end when they needed to. Yeah, it was one of those games where we were, it was fortunate that we actually got the game here in Chicago. So mm -hmm. I had my eye on that game, then I had my eye on the Seattle Rams game on my laptop and a couple other games that were going on in the late window. It was very busy. Like, it was a very busy 3 o'clock, 325 window of games like we previewed mm -hmm. you know, a lot on Friday, Sid, and Sid but uh, – yeah, look, it was it was a great game. I mean, look, the, the Arizona defense, which has been much maligned, actually did a pretty good job of sort of taming the Bills. And you kind of felt the dejection, you know, with Patrick Peterson and Trey Patrick, you know, just to sort of like they were kind of like feeling dejected after giving up that what they thought was the game-winning drive from Josh mm -hmm. Rosen to Stephon Diggs. But then, you know, Kyler Murray came back and, you know, did what he did and – 
the memes of, of folks that were just making fun of the Texans for getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, that's why that's why Arizona went and got him. That's why they decided to that contract extension. That was that's the reason why. He showed you why the fact that he was able to catch that ball with three guys. Actually there was a fourth guy that came in, you know, in, in the end, but there were three guys mm-hmm. in, you know in front of him that he was able to, you know, reach through and catch that ball. If he saw the snapshots. He just he had his hand like just above everyone else. I think I think Hyde was late and Hulk, Logan was there, so there was a whole lot of guys that would and the ball kind of just you know just landed on Hopkins's hand. So a big win for Arizona because of that. You know they're able to they now have the lead right now in the A in, in NL um, in the NL West. So that was that was actually a fun NFC game. West. Yep, in the NFC West. Uh, yeah, it was so. so <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was just a just a game with all different types of emotions. If you saw uh, country singer Blake Shelton's tweet <laughs> after the game, if you guys didn't see that, he's a big Cardinals fan. He said he would do like all different types of emotions. He said he said he pooped for a little bit, then he cried, then he yo was happy again. So I think that's how a lot of Cardinals fans felt. Yeah, um, like you, like I did uh, also see it. I thought Arizona would win that game, and. Precisely why, Lakina, yes, go out and get Deion. Anybody that wouldn't have took DeAndre Hopkins would have been a fool, especially since they didn't really want a lot for him. I mean, you say they gave up David Johnson, but he's been hurt. He's hurt right now. You know, I hate to see the brother keep getting injured, but he's hurt again. And the Arizona game, putting them atop the division. They're on top now. What they going to do? They beat everybody in the division. They've dominated the division so far this year, quote, unquote. And they're winning a lot of games. Kyler Murray is super, super special. I told people that he little. I think what makes him special is the same thing that makes Patrick Mahomes special, the baseball aspect of him. The fact that he was a baseball player means a lot in a football game. It helps him out a whole lot. So, um, one, like I say, I'm not surprised. Yes, I thought it was going to be a loss, especially in those last seconds. But I was glad when they pulled it out, and I figured he one of them players kind of like Deshaun Watson was. If you give them a chance in the end, they're going to do something special that could beat you. So I was uh, thoroughly impressed with the play and the win. And he had two all-pros on his back, not just four people, but two of them all-pros. So DeAndre Hopkins is a true beast. We'll break down the Rams and Seahawks game uh, in detail coming up in just a moment. But given Russell Wilson's struggles over the last couple of weeks and with the performances of Josh Allen and Kyler Murray from Sunday, do you guys think those two guys are now the the top two candidates for MVP or is there another player or two that that we're ignoring? Pat Mahomes? Yeah, I was going to say, Pat Mahomes may have something to say about that. Pat Mahomes. Hello, I mean, I wouldn't put either one of those players even before Aaron Rodgers this year, but I got somebody that should have something to say about it who the whole NFL is ignoring, Alvin Kamara. How can you ignore Alvin Kamara? I mean, he's doing everything, and now his quarterback hurts, so he's going to show you how to do everything with Jameis Winston. He going to show Jameis Winston how not to turn the ball over next week when they play. And I can't wait to see it happen. So throw Alvin Kamara name in there before you throw them other quarterbacks names in there. Before, before I let you jump in, Lakina, good point, because Michael Thomas, their stud wide receiver, has missed all but one game this year. And Drew Brees uh, will break down that game in just a moment with the 49ers. 
a job. Drew Brees hasn't had to carry the Saints. He's had to carry them, but not in the way that we all used to see him carry that team uh, in years past. They have a more of a balanced roster. But like you said, offensively, Abel Kamara has done the job. He had another great performance on Sunday against the 49ers. We'll break down that game coming up in just a moment. But you bring up an interesting point by Alva Kamara. If they could survive, assuming that Breeze will be out a few few weeks, uh, if, if Kamara uh, steps up his play, his name should be in that conversation. Yeah. I mean, he leading them in receiving, rushing. I mean, what else can he – the only thing he ain't did was throw the ball to himself. So – and he, <laughs> might, he might figure a way out to do that. So – uh, give Sean Payton any ideas. He might just do that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, keep his name out there. And I think I think this is going to be a rebirth of Jameis Winston like it was for Teddy Bridgewater if Breeze missed – even if he missed two games. I think the two games Winston will be out there. I think one thing he probably learned from Sean Payton being down there is kind of like when you're in school and you do something wrong and they slap your hand with a ruler. That's kind of what's been happening to Jameis Winston in practice. So when he do, when he run, run to Sean Payton plays wrong, they slap him on the hand. We don't turn the ball over like that in New Orleans. And so I think all of that's going to help him. And I think we're going to see a very confident, competent and confident Jameis Winston when he plays Sunday because Drew Brees may not make it Sunday. Yeah, they're already saying that he may miss a few weeks with, with those ribs. And remember, those are 40-year-old ribs, mind you. That's not these. Is not yeah, I got some of them. So Bye, I know they yeah, that's, these are not these are not the ribs from five or six years ago. These are forty-year-old ribs Drew Brees has now, so he might be out a while. But look, I mean, this is a perfect time for Jameis Winston to kind of like you know get 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 the get right sort of the get right contract. So I think if he could do well here, maybe Brees pass the baton to Winston, or maybe Winston goes somewhere else. You know, we'll see what happens there. But uh, back to the, the MVP, I think. Look, Aaron Rodgers will probably have something to say about it. I think Patrick Mahomes, like we said just a couple minutes ago, may have something to say about it. Maybe even uh, Ben Roethlisberger may have something to say about it. So, and if he has a, yep. you know, and I, I think, listen, DK Metcalf, I mean, may have something to say. I mean, look, there are a lot of guys that you can probably say that may have, you know, something to say. Maybe even Miles Garrett, if you want, they really give it to a defense guy. Maybe he's the guy that can probably, he has nine and a half sacks yep. leading the league. So he might have something to say about it. So I think it's still, we're still, we're not really, we're not even halfway through the season. So I think, you know, let, let's kind of, you know, put the kibosh and, and the MVP talk for now. I, w- yep. I would, I would uh, ask folks. So let, let's just kind of see, because some guys are hurt, you know, that all this other stuff going on. So let's kind of wait. I would say wait till like maybe the end of this month to kind of say, then we'll probably have a clearer picture on who probably is going to be the MVP or the MVP contenders. So let's. Because Ru- Russell's falling off a little bit, a great yeah. bit. Oh, Russell yeah. Hit, he is we'll, hitting a wall. We'll, hit, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get to him in a minute, but go ahead, Lamont. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm saying he, he just hit, hit a wall. That's all I was going to say. He's like he hitting a rookie wall almost. So we are seeing. You're listening to Second City Sports Zoom style, along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott. I am Sydney Brown as we review the Week 10 action from the National Football League. We're breaking down the key games, the key moments. And let's go around the NFC North division. The Green Bay Packers defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars by four, 24-20. Aaron Rodgers, 325 yards and two touchdown passes. Marquez Valdez-Scanley had four receptions for 149 yards and one touchdown. Guys, I don't know about you, but the Green Bay Packers uh, looked like to me the limited time that I saw uh, 
live action of this game. They played down to their competition. Give Jacksonville credit. They gave the Packers all they could handle on the road. But the Packers' defense, which I think is slightly overrated, is still good, but it's not dominant as people thought it was going to be. Uh, they made the plays when they had to, and they barely escaped with a four-point victory. I think it's one of those cases where, like you said, Sid, and we, we listen, we, we talked about this when we did our picks that – you know, Green Bay, pro- you know, some teams tend to fall, you know, you know, play down their competition. I think that was the case that happened uh, yesterday because I, I think, look, the Packers should have won that game easily by at least 10 points. Mm-hmm. The fact that they did that, they showed that, you know what, maybe they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit instead of, you know, just accelerating. But, you know what, look, Jake Luton, I, look, I don't know if he's going to be the answer going forward for Jacksonville, but he did, you know, he did enough to keep him in it. You know, they had a great, you know, punt return for a touchdown, so – I, I, I think, look, things might be looking up at Jacksonville, and the Bears got to play them in a few weeks. So we'll, we'll see. We'll get to that when we preview <laughs> when, the, when the time comes. But, uh, look, I, I think, look, Green Bay made the plays when they had to. So it, it's, it's fine if you're a Packers fan. And you're like, okay, you'll, you'll take the win. There's no, no need for style points at, at this point of the season. Definitely. Um, Green Bay played down to the competition. I think they could have blew them out. But – to, to uh, piggyback off what you said, Lakanda Jacksonville may have two quarterbacks. Something you know, a lot of other teams don't. They got two, and they both young and they both growing. So they in a good they in a good situation right now, as far as quarterback can go. And and you know they always manage to find a diamond in the rough on that defense down there in Jacksonville. So I mean, other than having a great place to play football, the Jacksonville may have a couple of quarterbacks. Uh, continuing with our tour around the NFC North, the Detroit Lions uh, improved to four and five with their first home win of the season. They get a last second field goal, 59 yarder from Matt Prater as they defeated the Washington football team, 30 to 27. The color of the things I took out of that game, one, Alex Smith looks like he's back. He starts, and Detroit almost did a Detroit again by blowing a big lead. Uh, they barely escaped with the victory. And number two, it was the broadcasting debut of, of Akib Talib, a.k.a. the chain snatcher. He snatched chains off of a now former wide receiver, Michael Tr- Crabtree. If you don't believe me, go look it up on YouTube. I'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I will not spare you guys any of the analysis from that game. We'll move on to Tampa Bay and Carolina. The Buccaneers defeated the Panthers 46-23. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers bounced back with a big division win on the road. Tom Brady, 341 yards, including three touchdown passes. He also had a rushing touchdown. Ronald Jones, who broke this game wide open with a 98-yard touchdown run, he carried the ball 23 times for 192 yards. Antonio Brown had a couple of catches as well. Guys, are you surprised by this? I'm not. Buccaneers got back on track after being in barriers last Sunday night in front of a national audience. Yeah, they weren't like 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 we like yeah, we talked about it on Friday. Said they weren't in a good they weren't gonna be a very good mood. And they actually didn't get to Carolina till late because their flight was delayed due to mechanical issues. So the fact that they were able to kind of dominate the way they did despite having you know no sleep or vir- virtually no sleep. That's got to be pretty good. I mean, Tom Brady, look, hey, look, hey, I'm still here, you know. And also Ronald Jones, look, we talked about when they played the Bears. They need to give them the ball more, and that's what they're doing mm-hmm. now. You know, 192 rushing yards and a touchdown. So, and the defense played very well. I mean, they they knocked poor Teddy Bridgewater out of the game. And, you know, th- thank goodness, you know, it's, it's nothing seriously wrong with his, you know, everything's intact. You know, he'll miss some time, but, you know, it could have been a lot worse. 
but the defense played very well. I mean, three sacks. I mean that that you know you had JPP had an interception. So look, I think I think Tampa Bay, you know, especially since you know Bree's gonna be gone for a while for the Saints, they might see a little bit of an opening there in that NFC South. I mean, Tampa Bay did what they were supposed to do. They was the far superior team, and they were supposed to beat them. So all of that. Uh, I heard somebody even say Brady was the player of the week. Uh, yep, he just had a good game. That's all. I mean, that's Carolina still. Let's not get carried away, people. That's still okay. And McCaffrey didn't play. So, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not ready to jump on the Tampa Bay and run back to the top thing because, you know, even with Breeze out, State still got a hold on that division because they have beaten Tampa Bay twice. So I'm not ready to run State Tampa Bay ready to play them games. But other than that, yeah, they did what they were supposed to do. All right, the upset of the day took place in East Rutherford, New Jersey, as the New York football Giants defeated the Philadelphia Eagles by the score of 27-17. Daniel Jones had a nice touchdown run to start the game. He only passed for 244 yards, no touchdown passes. But Darius Slayton came up big as a wide receiver for the New York Giants, five receptions, uh, 93 yards. The only offense that Philadelphia could muster on a consistent basis was their running back, Miles Sanders, 50, 15 carries for 85 yards. We all knew that coming into the season that the NFC East was going to be trash. Of course, thanks to Dak Prescott's injury for Dallas, uh, it disposed that it exposed that division even more to being more trash. The Giants improved their record to three and seven. The Eagles are now three, five, and one, still in control, but barely for that uh, uh, division lead. Uh, I, I just cannot figure out Philadelphia. Yes, I did pick them, but I, I, I just can't figure them out. Them out. Yes, they have in, had injuries to start the season, but uh, it's like flipping a coin. You don't know which team that you're going to get. And Carson Wentz, he did look good in some spots on Sunday, but I don't have anything for Philadelphia. I, I just can't trust them. Maybe I overreacted. I don't know. I just can't trust them. <laughs> you sound like a public enemy song. <laughs> <laughs> right? He does. He does. I had the We Want Jalen Hurts chance started yet over in Philadelphia. I'm sure they have. I mean, I don't know what's going on, but look, they can, they're still the driver's seat to win the NFC East. Go figure. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I mean, I, look, the, the sad thing is that everybody in that division is still, even though Washington lost that heartbreaker to the Lions, they can still win a division too. So it's still up for grabs. I don't think you can make any sort of assumptions with any of these teams in the, in the East right now. I think you just, <laughs> just, just let, let it all play out. Just save your, save your sanity and let it all play, play out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, and I'm going to disagree with you, Sid. That other game that we're going to talk about in a minute may have been the upset of the day. You got to look at it. A bum was playing a bum. So whoever's shirt happened to be the cleanest won the, won the game uh, when Philadelphia played the Giants. I actually picked Philadelphia also because I thought that they would have on more clean shirts than the Giants. But the Giants, <laughs> the Giants got lucky, and the Giants also are only a game and a half out of first place. So that tells you right there about that whole situation. They still a game and a half out. So, yeah, but that other game may have stolen your upset of the week thing, though. Uh, America's game of the week, according to Fox, took place in Los Angeles as the Rams defeated the Seattle Seahawks 23-16. 
Jared Goff passed for 302 yards. Josh Reynolds uh, caught eight balls for 94 yards for the Rams. The Rams' running game was the story here. Seattle tried to get back into it. They were sort of in it, but Russell Wilson, for the second straight week, uh, struggled to protect the ball. He turned it over a couple of times. I did watch some of this game live, and uh, I know Seattle's defense, we all know, is not good. It was a miracle that they held the Rams to 23 points. But I know Jamal Adams, their strong safety, left the game early with the injury. He did come back later on, but the game was sort of out of reach by that point. Uh, this what I took out of the game yesterday. The Rams are a good team, but I still hold the, something's pulling me back by saying that they're the best team in the NFC for Seattle. Uh, they're not ahead. Uh, they're not the head of the shoulders of the NFC conference anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, Seattle – Seattle lost because of a couple of things. I think Russell started listening to that MVP chant, I think, a little bit, and he think he, he like he got to do too much. If you look at a couple of those turnovers he had, like the one in the end zone, he had DK Metcalf wide open, yet he chose to try to throw a touchdown the other way. So, I mean, a couple of the decisions he's making right now, it's like, okay, I got to cook. Like they say, he's cooking too much. I mean, you know, even the greatest cooks cook too much sometimes. Like, if you're a great cook, you don't have to cook two meals every Sunday. Cook one. And I think he's cooking a little too much right now, and that's what's happening. And that division is still completely up for grabs. I'm not ready to give it to the Rams yet, even though their defense is far superior than a lot of other teams in that division. But I don't trust the Rams' offense and quarterback. I think he's highly overrated. So – that's why I'm not so quick to give it to the Rams, but it'll be a fight to the end. That's one good thing we'll see. And remember, too, they had a lot of injuries Seattle did. I mean, Chris Gaston was out. Their center, their center was out. So he basically had a – Wilson had a rookie center to, you know, throwing a – you know, hiking the ball to him. So that kind of played a factor, too. But, look, I'm – Look, I mean the def- you know, the Rams defense. Look, I was doing a little dance. You guys, if you guys get to watch this on YouTube, I'm doing like a, my weird like dance animation <laughs> here because I actually picked the Rams. Look, Darius, Darius Williams. I mean, he had both those interceptions that Russell Wilson threw. And look, the best thing about this NFC West, and we talked about this when we did our digital previews. This is probably going to be the most competitive division in the NFL, mm-hmm. and it's and it's you know, as advertised. <laughs> You know, with the, with the, especially with the 49ers at this point, because they're just, you know, just depleted and they're playing second and third strings. We'll get to them in a little bit. But look, all the teams there have their own little ish, have their own deficiencies. You got Seahawks, they front seven. He had the Rams, and, you know, they're, the office can be kind of iffy at times. We know the Cardinals, they, they, you know, they're kind of iffy yeah. but on defense sometimes, too. So that division is still wide open. It, it, could, it could come down to whoever wins the most games in the division, I think. And they all still have to play each other. I think the I think the Rams, are, Rams and Cardinals are going to be playing this this you know in a couple of weeks. Yeah, those Seahawks and Seahawks and Cardinals were probably hoping to get that revenge. You know they're going to be playing in Seattle on Thursday. So look, that that division still up for grabs, and it's going to be going to be exciting these next few weeks. But look, that that may not uh, the East going to be competitive too. It's just a whole lot of bad teams, but it's going to be it's going to be a fight to the end. It's just a bad fight. It's like it's like watching two overweight heavyweights trying to win a fight. So, but it it'll be a competitive division. But I don't. I mean, it's up for grabs. I don't know though. This might push Arizona over the top, again. I mean, you know, you was riding Arizona early this year with me. They might can pull it out with a bad well, defense. We'll see. We'll see. Going to be very interesting. 
All right, before we get to our studs and duds, uh, the Sunday night contest between the New England Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens. The Patriots end their losing streak by defeating the Ravens 23-17. The Patriots are 4-5, and five, while the Ravens dropped their record to 6-3. and three. Lamar Jackson had, quote-unquote, respectable numbers, 249 yards passing and two touchdown passes. The New England Patriots actually had a running game outside of Cam Newton. Damian Harris carried the ball for the Patriots 22 times, for 121 yards. Later in that game, the weather became a factor, but New England had too much for Lamar Jackson. It was a different scenario a year ago when Lamar Jackson made his Sunday night debut and torched that overrated New England defense. Uh, this year, it was a totally different story. Uh, New England, I'm not saying they're back in competing for a playoff spot, but they looked respectable on Sunday night. You know, Baltimore has more problems than people realize. I know Calais Campbell wasn't playing on Sunday night, but uh, as I told people do, uh, before the season started, kidding, when we did our preview show, uh, Baltimore is still going to be a good team, but they're not going to have the luck like they did a year ago when no one knew who they were. Yeah, I mean, I think not having Calais Campbell, I think that might have played a little bit of a factor, but that that defense, I mean, I don't know what's going on. I mean, Damian Harris was able to kind of run circles around that defense. I mean, even Rex Burkhead had a couple of big runs, and, of course, Cam Newton did what he usually does when he's running the football. So I don't know what's going on with that with that. Um, with that Baltimore defense, I mean, their their offense, you know, had their struggles. I mean, Lamar, you know, had an interception. It's just, yeah, I mean, that the, their running game. I mean, why didn't why didn't J.K. Dobbins get the ball more? I mean, especially when it started raining really hard. I mean, what what mm -hmm. was going on there? I mean, that 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 was a perfect opportunity for them to start to use the run, use Dobbins, and use Ingram. I know he's still coming back from the injury, so he's sort of you know easing his way back into it. So I don't know what the heck happened in that game last night. I'm I'm starting to. I'm starting to give Baltimore the side eye. I gave him the cross eye. <laughs> I, I gave him the cross eye. And I'm understanding all of these uh, things with uh, is Kyler Murray and new Lamar Jackson? And has Lamar Jackson been figured out? And do we have to put on the old Lamar Jackson tape to remember what Lamar Jackson was before the MVP year last year? You remember that playoff game? Going into last year, he kind of was really bad. You remember they said, we dare you to throw the ball. And I think it's becoming a situation like that right now where when you see them line up sometimes, and I know last week he was saying something about they calling out their plays and different things of that nature. Well, they may just know if you back there, you're going to run, so let's hit them. And I think it may be a situation of them figuring out Lamar Jackson, and that's taking the spirit out of Baltimore. So – Cross side may be a better word, looking. Hmm. You may be right. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> One more quick note before we get to our studs and duds from week 10. Uh, Cleveland, the Browns defeated the Houston Texans 10-7. But I did watch uh, uh, some of that game, even though uh, it started off in the weather delay. I did watch the beginning of that game, and it was, as we said, Lakina on Friday, uh, Dick Stockton called the game with his old partner, Matt Millen. And I did watch the beginning, and I thought of you, Lamont, and you referenced this a few weeks ago. And Dick Stockton said this, I'm paraphrasing just a little bit, but Dick Stockton said this, and I quote, Welcome to Houston and Cleveland. Uh, for those of you that, 20, uh, that are 27 years old and younger, you don't remember, uh, we – and referring to himself and Matt Millen, we started here on the NFL on Fox. And I said, I hope Lamont Scott is watching. Oh, you saw this somewhere. I'm sorry I didn't put it up on my social media page. But uh, Dick Stockton uh, threw, uh, gave a little history lesson to you young kids out there. 
Uh, he was reunited with Matt Millen on the call yesterday, and I thought it was just a, a perfect moment. I thought I thought of Lamont when I saw that yesterday. Yeah, you, you said it because Matt Millen went on to have a great coaching career in Detroit and stuff, and Dick Stockton. <laughs> and Dick Stockton it wasn't great. <laughs> Dick Stockton stuck around, so yeah, that was that was good. I mean, I yeah, I didn't catch none of that game. You know, mm -hmm. I wish I would uh, just to hear Dick, but. I'm sorry I missed it, but I'm glad Cleveland won because I did pick them, so <laughs> that was a good thing. It was an ugly game to watch, trust me. <laughs> I had to turn away from that early in that third quarter, so uh, it, was, uh, uh, it was less than entertaining to say the least. At least from what I watched and heard, Dick Stockton didn't say anything silly, I'll just put it that way. Yeah, okay. he was actually he was actually pre he was actually pretty good. Um, both Lamar, both I mean, uh, sorry, I was thinking about you, Lamont. Uh, both uh, <laughs> both Kareem, both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb each uh, rushed for over 100 yards. This is the mm -hmm. fifth time that's happened. They're the fifth, you know, Browns duo to have to have 100 yards rushing in in a game. So, Bobby Mitchell and of course, you know, the Hall of Famer Jim Brown were the uh, other two. They did it six times, so that's <laughs> nice little history lesson there for yeah. you guys. That game was brutal. I have to say, I had to turn that game off on the tab of the laptop because it was just that bad. The worst thing is that the the, the, the Texans actually still had a chance to win that game, but they, you know, uh, on Chubb's part, I mean, that that was very smart. Him, you know, psh, running for like ninety yards and like went out of bounds on the one. I mean, that was I know some. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know some. But I know some gamblers were very happy about that. I'll. I'll leave. I'll leave that too. <laughs> all yeah, it, it, it was kind of mad. They yeah. Were real mad. Just a little bit, but uh, yeah. But look, a nice win for Cleveland. Sort of one of those ugly games, and they're still right there with the distance for the AFC, you know, playoff spot. So a good one for them. Yeah. All right. All right. Stunts and time. Ahead, no, no, stunts and does time. We had the same thought, mm -hmm. Sid. Um, who wants to start? I, I'll go, because uh, mine is really easy. Uh, studs first, we're looking at the Las Vegas Raiders defense. And a former bear on that defense. And that Khalil Mack trade, some people will say it's a bad trade, and it's looking bad. But no, I believe it's more so the Raiders made about five Khalil Mack trades with teams. So that's why the Raiders are starting to grow and become a very, very good team out there in Las Vegas. And I think they're going to give people a lot of problems. So they get my first one, the Las Vegas Raiders defense. And I got it right twice in a row that time. That's that's good. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Uh, my other two studs, I'm going with the still undefeated, disrespected, underrated Pittsburgh Steelers. Will somebody please get a Pittsburgh Steelers some respect? That's all I'm saying. I'm, I wish Aretha was still around. I sent her out there to do a concert or something. Because they need some respect. Put some respect. Baby's still around. Put some respect on Pittsburgh name when y'all mention Put some respect on Ben Roethlisberger when y'all mention it. Put some respect on them. So they get the second one. And the third one, Alvin Kamara. And people going to have to remember Alvin Kamara. Say his name. Like... Beyonce, say his name, say his name. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah we're going, we going American Music Awards today. So say his name. And, yeah, those those three get mad in a shot. You know, special shout out to, you know, Kyler Murray and what they did with the play and stuff. But those are like my initial ones right there. 
I'll have my three ones quickly. Arizona quarterback Kyler Murray, what he did against the Bills in the last few seconds. Number two, Tom Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And number three, the Los Angeles Rams running game of Darrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown. They were the key factors for their victory over Seattle on Sunday. Keep with the running back theme, I'm going to have Josh Dickens and Devontae Booker from the Las Vegas Raiders combined for over 200 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, I think people need to kind of start looking at the Raiders, perhaps. I mean, like, I don't know. They probably won't win the AFC West. I mean, the Chiefs are probably going to be well ahead, but I think they're going to be right there for a wild card spot, and they're going to be a big out. I mean, look, I mean, I know Derek Carr wasn't, wasn't you know, dazzling, but look, he did just enough. He didn't make any mistakes. So he did just enough to win that game. I know it's the Broncos, but but still, I mean, look, I, the, the biggest Las Vegas look, look really good. Um, piggybacking off what your last stud said, I'm going to pick the whole entire Rams team. I mean, Jared uh-huh. Goff, you know, passes for you know, over 300 yards. You know, again, didn't make any mistakes. You know, stayed upright for the most part, and you know that's that that that'll do it for you. And also. You know, the, the rushing, you know, tandem. I mean, look, they don't have Todd Gurley there, but they got guys there that are, as Sid just mentioned, they're very formidable and they're, you know, they've been kind of, you know, keeping the ball moving. So that that's always a good thing to keep them moving the chains. So a nice win for the Rams. And also, um, I'm going to do my non-football. Uh, oh, this is looking at my broadcast shout-outs. I, Eagle, great job on the call on that, mm-hmm. Hopkins, that Hopkins, you know, Murray to Hopkins, Hail Mary. I actually did not know that actually that happened because I had it like, kind of like in the background. I was watching the Rams and the uh, the Seahawks game. So, and then when I got up, I said, wait, did he catch that? And I heard, I was like, yeah, he caught it. He caught it. I'm like, oh, good Lord. So, you know, I had to go back and watch it. And it was very, you know, well done by him. And him and Charles Davis have done a great job. I knew there'd be a great, there'd be a great tandem when it got together. So shout out to both I Eagle and Charles Davis. And studs and duds time. Said so you start with the duds. Uh, I'll start with the my duds. Of course, um, my first dud will be the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they did not show up against the New York, New York Football Giants. I'll give my first dud there. My second dud is the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they uh, fumbled the ball again. No pun intended. In, in another big uh, back-to-back contest. Uh, that that was bad. And, and my third dud will be the Baltimore Ravens. I thought they would have a better performance. They didn't adjust to the weather, weather conditions. I don't know what the hell they were doing. So my three duds are the Eagles, the Ravens, and whoever the hell I mentioned. So. <laughs> <laughs> this hey, about any mention. You don't need to mention I'm, anymore. <laughs> I, must getting, I must be getting smart because my three duds are the exact same as yours, dude. It's written oh, thank right. you. Thank you. They are the exact same as yours. I don't have to say a word. I agree completely with you for every reason you said. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Baltimore's on my number one dud. What the hell happened? Like said, you just mentioned, they didn't adjust to the weather conditions as well. It started raining really hard in Foxborough. I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know their game plan. They didn't game plan for the weather, for the rain. I don't. I don't know, but gosh, who knows, but um, the Seahawks, too, I mean, I agree with you guys about the Seahawks, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know what Russell Wilson, I don't know what his mindset is at this this point of the season, you know, their, their defense, look, we've been talking about their front seven, that's been a big issue, and again, mm-hmm. it's starting to glare once again, 
And just because I want to be different, I'm going to pick the Chargers just because I'm already being, a, I've already turned on my, turned in my uh, Chargers fan card. And, you know, <laughs> Justin Herbert, look, Justin Herbert, again, you know, two touchdowns, but that, that defense, you know, there've been a lot of injuries on that defense and it's just, ugh, I, I, I just, I can't with them anymore. I'm, I'm, but both, uh, shout out to a tongue of Iowa. And I actually just said the name right. Yay. Um, two touchdowns. I know, right? Oh, look, oh, look, baby steps. <laughs> two touchdown passes. I mean, look, that, look, I, I don't know if the Dolphins, that's my bonus stud. I can, I can probably say Dolphins are six and three. Brian Forrest has done a great job developing. Can they may perhaps challenge Buffalo for the AFC East? I don't know, but they're going to make it interesting. Yes, they are. You're listening to Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott. I am Sydney Brown. As we now transition over to college football, which we'll have a few minutes left before we uh, bring on our big-time guests in our next segment. Lakina, I'll start locally in college football. Uh, Lamont, your final line, I finally won. They defeated Rutgers <laughs> for their first win of the season. But we'll give props first to the Northwestern Wildcats. I did watch the majority of this game. The number 23-ranked Northwestern Wildcats, Chicago's quote-unquote Big Ten team, they defeated the Purdue Boilermakers by the score of 27-20. to Lakina, I love this Northwestern defense, as we talked about in our last uh, podcast episode on Friday. Uh, they actually gave up some second-half points for the first time this season, but they barely had enough uh, to, uh, to hang on to this important victory. I love this Northwestern team, and I said this to a couple people on Twitter. Don't be surprised if they find their way in that Big Ten championship game. Well, Wisconsin might have something to say about that, Sid. I, I That's think, what I was going to say. I mean, they had that big – If they don't catch any more players having COVID, I'm just saying. Well, yeah, that yeah, you might be right about that, but yeah, but like oh, I said, something to say about it. Yeah, I'm about to say. I mean, I know Northwestern; <laughs> they've been they've been pretty lucky so far. Um, but I, I mean, that I think they're four and over. I think the first time since the you know, that Northwestern team with head coach Pat Fitzgerald in '95 went four and zero when they went to the Rose Bowl. Like I said, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's gonna happen here. I, I mean, like I said, Wisconsin will have something to say about that. So. I think we're a little early on those pronostications, but uh, look, that that Northwestern team, that defense was really good. The offense looks really good too. They've they've scored a lot of points. We'll see if they can keep it up. Yeah, um, one, I don't think Northwestern worried about the COVID too much because they got too many doctors. Two, uh, Northwestern is not going to get that far. They was having a hard time with Purdue. They barely got they past Purdue. Yeah, they barely got past them. So. I don't see them having enough to hold on, although I do root for them because they is Chicago's Big Ten team. Right, and they play Wisconsin oh, take this, this Saturday too. So let's let's we'll 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 see, we'll see how good it's they really are. Yeah. And speaking of Wisconsin, they dominated uh, the Saturday night game on ABC. They defeated Michigan 49-11. to 11. I knew Michigan wasn't going to be that good coming into the season, but 1-3, I did not see this coming. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, I thought that I thought they'd be like two and two at the very least. Um, look, they don't have the personnel right now. They don't. And they basically had to kind of start from scratch because a lot of their guys, you know, they've graduated or went to the went to the uh, the pros. I, I remember a couple of their top defensive guys opted out before it started. I didn't. It did not back in. So I think that's that's kind of yeah. placing account as well. So, look, I don't know. I don't, which who's having the worst time, Michigan fans or Penn State fans? I mean, my Mich- goodness. Well, no, I think 
Well, no, I think Penn State, I, mean, I think their voices are a little bit louder. They've been loud for like the last three years of James Franklin to be axed. So I yeah. don't know. They're, they're <laughs> on for Penn State is for the first time, I think, since I think like since like the early Joe Paternal days, like in the 60s, I think. So that's they had pink slips and link cars. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Oregon looked really impressive. They they had their they came back, had their second half come back against Washington State. I know our buddy Kayla Anderson, who was a Wazoo grab, wasn't very happy about that. But yeah. I think things look up. Things look up though. I think for Wazoo. Yeah, I, I thought about her too when I was watching that. I was yeah. like, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, but, but yeah. The, I think that the, the, the talent's there for Wazoo. I think they'll they'll be fine once they put their own stamp on it. Remember, they got a new coach. They got a new coaching staff there. Um, uh, Cincinnati, I mean, once again, they're still undefeated. I mean, I, what more can you say about that Cincinnati program? I don't know if Luke, people already been, uh, Luke Fickle's probably going to be leaving, so <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But all, but, uh, Lamont, just wrap your alley. Uh, Will, Will Muschamp has been, fi- was fired by South Fire. Carolina yesterday. What happened? Man, it was time to give him his, uh, pink slip and Lincoln. They, you know what? They, he's, been try- <laughs> he's been trying to turn that around for a couple of years, and this year, I think they actually saved money by firing him early. I think it was a situation like that I was checking into. Yeah, I mean, he I thought he would do something down there, but you know, people jump into that uh conference and they think that it's easier than what it is. And that conference can get complicated, man. Even the little teams like you know, the old misses and stuff, they they will they will do things to these coaches that's supposed to have stuff all figured out. So I mean you gotta watch teams like that. Yeah, a couple more scores for you guys before we close out this segment. Number two, Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, defeated the Boston College Golden Eagles 45-31. Ian Brooke had another big game, three touchdown passes off 283 yards passing. He also had 10 carries for 85 yards and a rushing touchdown. And the U, the University of Miami, which is ranked ninth in the country, they came back and barely beat Virginia Tech 25-24. to Barely. Definitely, barely. I watched a little bit of that game. They were they were kind of this close to losing it too. So look, Manny Diaz, you'll you'll take the win. Um, Notre Dame against North Carolina this Saturday. Yeah, game. This game actually, I think, happened Thursday night. That Mac game, uh, Thursday night when Mac Mac Wednesday night. I know y'all probably talked about it in the Friday preview. But it was a Wednesday night Mac game that was on ESPN where the gentleman scored the touchdown and another one scored it in the, like the last seven seconds or something. So watch Mac football on Wednesday nights on ESPN. Oh, yeah, those are some fun matchups there. <laughs> yeah, real quick, shout out to the Indiana Hoosiers. They ranked 10th in the country. They shut out Michigan State 24 to nothing. We'll break down their game coming up on Friday uh, as they have a big game in the horseshoe against Ohio State. That's yeah. going to be a good one. Like I said, we'll get more into that on Friday, but I'm really looking forward to watching that game. That's, I think that's the big new game on Saturday on Fox. Yep. It is. It is. We'll, yep. see, we'll see Joe Clatt, uh, break down his dance moves. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, so uh, we have a big second half coming up. And I can't wait. You know, we had we had one of them in the studio. The other one couldn't come, but I'm glad we're gonna have both of them on in the second half. You got excuse me. Oh gosh, uh, my muscles. This is a little try, but um, <clears throat> we got the guys from It's the Bigs coming up. We're gonna talk Chicago sports and also some hoops. You know, there was a big trade that just went down in the NBA. So 
Yeah. I can't wait to Very talk big. about. Yeah. So, all right. So we're going to have Terrence UG from It's the Bigs coming up right after mm -hmm. this. We'll be right back with more Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, hopefully you'll re rejoin us soon. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, at SidK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. And you can follow me at Keita McGee on Twitter and at Keita underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow this program, Second City Sports, along with our other uh, podcast program programming from We Are Regal Radio, a.k.a. War Media, by simply searching for War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for War on Anchor. And we're also on iHeartRadio. Download that iHeartRadio app, type in that search engine box, and you just type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R -R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube. Now you, you can only listen to us, but you can watch us as well as we do our thing. That's at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R -R Media. All right. Also, we're on YouTube, so please, please, please look up for our episodes. You can see us visually. Ta-da! Mm -hmm. And get your know, like, subscribe, get those likes up. Hello. 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 All right. We're both in the play while we find it, folks. I know. It's, yeah. <laughs> Joining us for our second segment is um, one half of the bigs uh, with your uh, with. Eugene McIntosh. This is Terrence Tomlin. You can follow him all over the, the all over the social media uh, platforms. He's one half of the bigs, uh, Chicago's very own uh, tag team. Uh, they cover Chicago sports from a different angle. We have a lot to go over with him in these next several minutes. Terrence, uh, we had you in the studio last year. Of course, things have changed, so we're readjusting to the times. First of all, how are you, my man? I'm pushing forward, man. Like you said, it's, uh, I know everybody's going through their own set of challenges with the pandemic and everything like that. You know, coming up on uh, around seven, eight months since we've been, you know, adjusting. Uh, but, man, you know, I feel blessed and highly favored still, man. I, I'm happy to be here with you guys, man. Happy to see you. I see you rocking, you know, the MVP jerseys in the background, man. It's, it's, it's a good look. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll get to the White Sox later. Uh, where can people follow you, your work, and where can people follow you via the social media avenue? Absolutely, man. You can always follow uh, the Bigs on Twitter at it's the Bigs I T S B I. I'm sorry, I T S T H E B I G S on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow me personally at at Tomlin Does It uh, T O M L I N D O E S I T. All right, let's start out with some breaking news coming from the basketball world. The NBA is in a shortened offseason, as, as we well know, that the NBA season for the 2020-2021 season will start on December 22nd. But uh, NBA superstar will be uh, traded very soon. The Oklahoma City Thunder will trade all-star guard Chris Paul to the Phoenix Suns in exchange for Adam Nadir. Kelly Rube Jr., Ricky Rubio, a couple other players, in, which includes a 2020-22 first-round draft pick. 
Terrence, let me get your initial thoughts about Chris Paul. Uh, of course, Oklahoma City uh, were one game away from advancing to the second round of last year's playoffs in the bubble. They were the feel-good story of the league last year. Uh, he moves on to Phoenix, which he will be paired up with Devin Booker. I, I'll, let's be real here. This is not a championship team, but uh, I think Phoenix has made a move to at least get themselves in the playoffs. What, what are your initial thoughts? Uh, well, like you said, man, no, this is this is not a move that's going to make Phoenix a championship team. Uh, but, man, Devin Booker over there with Phoenix is, is probably, if not one of, you know, he's, you know, if not the best, he's definitely one of the best young talents in the league. And, and just right now, just off the top of my head, picturing what CP3 is going to be able to do as far as taking some of the, the load off of his shoulders is going to go a long way for, for Devin Booker's maturation. I'm excited to see, you know, DeAndre Ayton in the mix over there with Phoenix as well, man. You know, mm -hmm. we saw with uh, last season, CP3 was able to, you know, get the most out of those young guys over there, uh, you know, pushing, you know, pushing teams to the limit in the playoffs. So I'm expecting, you know, the same to come from Phoenix, man, from being around Devin Booker a little bit from covering the Bulls. That's a real competitive kid over there. You know what I mean? And, and, Chris Paul's reputation as being one of the most competitive guys in the league, man. I feel like that's a great mix over there in Phoenix. Um, I, I like what Monty Williams is doing over there as far as coaching and, and you know, creating things for Devin Booker, uh, creating ways for Devin, Book, uh, Devin Booker to succeed. Uh, and I feel like CP3 isn't going to do anything but add to that. You know what I mean? Part of me would love to see CP3 on a championship caliber team. Uh, but I know that that Phoenix offense is going to be exciting. So I feel like it's a good move for both of them. How about mentoring-wise? You know, what better if you're Devin oh, yeah. Booker to have someone with the caliber and the reputation of Chris Paul to kind of mentor you and to kind of take you into that left, next level? Because we all saw how great he did, you know, almost single-handedly leading the Suns to the playoffs during the bubble. So what do you think? How How is that going to mesh? It's huge. You know what I mean, Chris Paul is, is definitely probably one of those players that you consider – uh, somebody that's a coach on the court for you as well as your leader. You know what I mean? He's definitely the floor general. And CP3 is, I mean, uh, is going to be able to rub off on Devin Booker in, in a lot of ways. So as far as mentoring goes, you know, and how to carry yourself on and off the court, you know, CP3 has the respect of the entire league. You know what I mean? I, I'm sure that that's going to be nothing but positive things for a kid like Devin Booker who – is hungry. You know what I mean? Devin Booker is one of those guys in the league that is completely looking to take that ne to, to take that next step. And uh, CP3, I feel like, is is totally one of the guys that can help him. Lamont, as Lamont, Lamont rejoined us. Yeah, yes, hey, hey, hey. Uh, yeah, I think I think that trade is going to help uh, Devin Booker so much because it's going to get him off the ball. It's going to take some of the press off of him. He ain't going to feel like he have to be the score, the leader, and all of those things. But uh, DeAndre Ayton is the one who I think may benefit the most from that trade. I mean, I think the ball will be placed in his position where he can be most effective constantly because CP3 not going there to lose, so to speak. He's going there to teach and win and show people that he's still elite. So um, I'm looking forward to it, definitely. Terrence Thomas of Tomlin from InstaBigs is joining us right here on Sega City Sports, along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott. I am Sydney Brown. Terrence, let's go to the Bulls. They hold the number four pick in this upcoming 2020 NBA draft. Uh, of course, uh, Atoris Knistovich is the new uh, executive vice president, along with the new GM, Mark Eversley. 
do you have hope uh, for the Bulls uh, moving forward? And what do you think they should do with that number four pick? I actually do have hope for the Bulls moving forward, man. We are. Uh, I feel like Bulls fans have been waiting a long time to get somebody else in there to make the decisions to to grow this team, and we finally have it. You know, with our tourist Turner Silvis and um and Mark Eversley uh, taking over the reins from John Paxson and Gar Foreman. Uh, really, as a as a fan, I'm I'm just sitting back and just excited to see what they have in store. You know. Uh, with the fourth pick, I feel like they have a lot of options. You know, they they can move up. Uh, we've heard the rumblings about uh, them possibly being in on the on Lamelo Ball, which I feel would go a long way for this organization, who is still searching for a face of the organization. You know, mm-hmm. they, they they haven't had that maybe since Derrick Rose, and, and maybe you could say Jimmy Butler, but mm-hmm. definitely not since you know since you know Derrick Rose, and I feel like. They could also possibly move down, you know. Our turn is kind of so, if he showed us anything in Denver, is that he can find talent throughout the draft. It, it, it doesn't really matter where he's picking. So I'm, I'm interested to see what he, you know, what he's been up to as far as what he feels his team needs. You know, he brought in a guy like Benny, uh, Billy Donovan, uh, who was a very proven coach in the you – know, uh, Maybe I shouldn't say proven, but he's definitely a very well-respected coach in his league uh, that has the relationships uh, that I feel like the Bulls organization needed to find a way for them to get in the fold with. So I I personally would love to see them move up and, and take a swing at a guy like LaMelo Ball, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised to see them move down, you know what I mean, or stay put. So you know, I'm actually excited for Wednesday. Uh, we see already with that CP3 trade that they, there may be some activity on the trade front. You know, and, and when you look at the Bulls roster, you know, you see guys like Zach Levine, Lloyd Marketing, guys who do have some trade value, you know. So um, I'm excited to see what he's actually going to, to, to do. You know, do we need a veteran? Do we need that young superstar? Uh, does he value the guys that are, you know, how much does he value the guys that are already on this team on the roster? So. Um, I feel like Wednesday we're finally going to get our first crack at, you know, seeing what our tourist thinks of the the roster. Yeah, and um, like with with that with with the kid that they've been looking at from overseas, right? Do you think even bringing him in? I know Otto Porter has just opted back in, and I would too for that amount of money. I don't know why anybody wouldn't, but I mean, even with that, do you think maybe? taking that pick and just building from there. I mean, you know, Billy Donovan liked to use a lot of the younger people. So you think maybe he should grab that uh, kid from over there and just continue to build and see what we had next year, since it's not a big market this year. I feel like it depends on how much, you know, our tourist values these guys, you know, does he believe in Wendell Carter Jr.? Does he believe in live marketing? Does he believe in, in Kobe White? You know I mean, that's – I feel like those are the biggest questions going into the draft and, you know, that, you know, will dictate what he does with that draft pick. Uh, if, if he's willing to take the the, uh, the young Luka, you know what I mean, if he's looking for the next Luka Doncic, then I wouldn't be surprised to see him go ahead and use that and, like you said, build around it or maybe, you know, use that draft pick and then maybe package some of his young guys to bring in a veteran. You know, um, you know, Russell Westbrook is floating out there. And I know that he's not, you know, at the top of the list for Bulls fans. 
you know, but if it's anything that this team lacks, it, it's veteran leadership. So, man, and I'm looking. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to see. You know, like you said, it, it's a, it's a bunch of ways that he can get creative. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they what the Bulls' plan is. What you know, Kornishvitz and Eversley, what their plan is. Do you, who do you think is sort of like part of the Bulls' plan to kind of you know be part of this building? Well, you have you have a competent coach in Billy Donovan there at the helm. So, what direction do you think they decided to go? Did they get rid of Levine or Laurie, or do they may are they part of the future? You know, and what about uh, Wendell Carter Jr.? I, I totally feel like nobody on this roster is safe. You know, I, I feel like with. When you're talking about new management, uh, you saw the first thing they did was bring in a new coach. I just get the feeling that now, you know, we're, go we're going to see, you know, what they think of this roster. But I totally don't feel like anybody has done enough on this roster to, 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 solidify, uh, to solidify themselves as being a part of the future. You know, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. was drafted, you know, with a bunch of potential, but he's been hurt. Uh, to the point where you're not really sure what you have in him. Then when you look at Laurie Marketing, uh, you know, I feel like it's the same thing. And then we, we've also heard rumblings that he would like to get out of Chicago, you know, and, and you know, how much that had to do with Jim Boylan and his handling of Laurie Marketing, uh, you know, was yet to be seen. Uh, but Zach, you know, Zach is one of those guys who, uh, where you can't deny his offensive talent. Uh, he's definitely a, a walking bucket. Uh, but, you know, he wouldn't be the first walking bucket to, to you know, to be a journeyman in the league. And, and I'm not sure that Zach is the, the caliber of, of player that you would want to build around. You know, is he a number one option? Is he a number two option? Is he better off as a number three option? You know, you want to see how he can adopt his game. Uh, but I feel like nobody on this roster should feel safe. Kobe White, Wendell Carter Jr. Hey, honestly, they, they could all – end up being pieces to get somebody else in here, depending on what the new GM and, and, and the president of basketball operations sees this roster as. You know, one of the things I felt was interesting uh, when they hired Bill, Billy Donovan is how many top players came out and said they love the move. Like, we immediately saw Bradley Bill come out and say things. Hey, he would look good in a Bulls jersey. You know? Just saying. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, so – I feel like that is what we're going to find out on Wednesday. You know, I feel like we've been in limbo uh, as far as the Bulls go because of the pandemic, because, the, you know, the rest of half of the league went into a bubble and the Bulls were left out. So we really haven't had, you know, any kind of forward, you know, movement outside of them getting a the coach when it comes to this roster. They, they didn't get a chance to finish the season and really haven't, had a chance to play any meaningful basketball in a long time. Uh, this draft is going to get that, you know, moving in the right, you know, moving in the direction with the season right around the corner. You know, all these questions I feel like are going to be getting answered, answered pretty fast. So I'm looking forward to Wednesday, y'all. Me too. Terrence Tomlin from Mix the Bigs is joining us right here on Second City Sports. Terrence, let's change the subject to Chicago Bears football, of course. When this podcast uh, episode is released, they are, would have already been uh, played their Monday night football game against Minnesota, and they would have started their current bye week. Uh, I want to get your thought overview of this team this year. Of course, they're currently sitting at five and four. Uh, there's been drama through, uh, since the start of the season. Uh, Mr. Trubisky was benched. 
Uh, of course, Matt Nagy's play calling has also been an issue all year long. Of course, uh, players' uh, uh, attitudes and their uh, emotions have been caught on camera, and the lack of running game in the offensive line has been hit by injuries. Uh, what are your overall thoughts about uh, about this Bears season? And do you think they still have a chance at a playoff spot? I, you know, I really think the Bears season has been, you know, a disappointment. You know, I'm sitting here realizing I'm not excited at all for this Monday night matchup tonight uh, simply because I just feel like, that, you know, this is two, te- two teams that are heading in the wrong direction. Or, excuse me, in opposite directions mm-hmm. uh, with, the, with the Bears looking like the wheels are going to come completely off of, of what's going on right now. Uh, like you said, the play calling from Matt Nagy has been an issue all season, and he's really running out of lifelines. Uh, we've seen Mitch Trubisky lose his starting job. Nick Foles, who is is officially a Matt Nagy guy. Nick Foles is, is a guy that Matt mm-hmm. Nagy believed in and brought in, and he looks worse than Mitch Trubisky. Uh, now <laughs> we're talking about Bill Lazor. Uh, taking over as a play caller. And I, I honestly feel like if this doesn't go well, you, you know, in a few weeks we could be talking about uh, Matt Nagy's days being numbered as well as Ryan Pace because you look at the window that this team had, you know, and it's a question of how much is that window still open, you know what I mean? And I'm not sure if it's open at all anymore. I feel like the playoffs is, are slipping completely out of their hands, you know, fast with every week that, that passes. And if you look at the schedule, if they were to turn it around, they would truly have to beat some very good teams, mm-hmm. uh, some talented teams in order to turn around. And I and I'm I don't think that they have that ability this season. So you know, I, I know Bears fans were you know with that five and one start, were thinking playoffs, but I, I feel like mm-hmm. with every win, it kind of felt like it was a half loss. I mean, with every win, it, we kind of saw that the Bears were able to sneak away with it in, in some uh-huh. kind of fluky fashion. And over the last three or four weeks, that just hasn't happened. So um, I feel like the, the nosedive is going to continue on Monday, man. Uh, t- tonight, Dalvin Cook is going to be too much to handle. And I feel like that that Minnesota Vikings offense is clicking on all c- cylinders right now at a point where the Bears won't be able to handle that firepower. And they certainly can't answer that firepower. You know, with David Montgomery being out, the offensive line looking looking terrible, I'm not sure where the Bears have a chance to win this game tonight. Before I kick it over to Lakino, Terrence, we've been telling our listeners all season long since the opening game at Detroit, uh, of course, uh, um, they have a post of the 5-4 and four record, but we've been telling our audience all year that don't believe what you see because uh, it's not it is not real. After nine yes. games, according to our calculations, they are 2-7. and seven. So pink slips and link cards for, you mentioned, Matt Nagy and Jim Ryan Pace will be coming very soon. I just wanted to point that out. So you're in the same alignment as we are. So we've been telling folks all year, like, this is not uh, this is not the team that you thought that, that that you are watching. Even though I'll admit on here that I did pick them to go to the playoffs this year, uh, it's not aligning with what I thought they were going to do this year. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> you guys are one hundred percent on point. <laughs> now, keeping uh, with uh, with NFL as a whole, who has impressed you so far? I mean, we've seen so many great performances, even in all midst of all this craziness. You know what? I'm a huge. Uh, fan of what's going on in Arizona with the Cardinals right now. Um, for some crazy reason, I still can't figure out the Houston Texans decided that they didn't need 
DeAndre Hopkins anymore. And if, I, I'm sure you guys saw that 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 game winning touchdown pass last night. Mm-hmm. Any team can use the wide receiver to kind of build a DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so the Texans garbage in, ends up being, you know, a prize possession for the Cardinals right now because Kyler Murray over there is looking like uh, a young MVP candidate. Um, I, I'm loving the connection that him and DeAndre Hopkins are starting to have on the offensive side of the ball. And their defense, are, are, they're coming up with those timely time, uh, turnovers that you see good teams have, man. So I, I'm really liking the Arizona Cardinals. I'm a big Kyler Murray fan. And DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Kirk, Chase Edmonds, uh, and, and Kenyon Drake, you got to like what's going on in Arizona. Okay. Question for you. Other than Kansas City, Pittsburgh, who you think going to not show up in the playoffs this year? Who's expected to show up in the playoffs this year? Who you think going to wet the bed? You know what? I feel like the Steelers at some point in the second half of the season always find a way to, to bite themselves over the last couple of years. Even though I really like how good, you know, they're playing great football right now. Big Ben has an array of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And on the defensive side of the ball, that defensive line just gets at you. you know what I mean, like it, opposing quarterbacks know they're going to get hit against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know what I mean? But, you know what I mean, I, I I can see them not really touching, you know, their full potential. You know, I, I would say Seattle, but I feel like Seattle, you know, that defense is, is, is showing that they probably don't belong. If it's a reason that Seattle was out of the Super Bowl picture, it's because of that defense, you know, and, and the offense having to compensate for how, for how bad they are. Uh, but, you know, I, I think we're living in the Kansas City Chiefs world right now. You know, Pat Mahomes. Uh, Andy Reid, I feel like they have a stranglehold on the NFL right now, and it's going to take a lot, you know, for anybody to pry from them. I think we're looking at Pat Mahomes as the MVP this year and the Super Bowl MVP. So, hey, Terrence, uh, we'll, let's go. Let's go back to basketball. Of course, um, I, I watch you, you guys' show every week on the soil, on this part of the What's In It for the Black People Network, and I thank believe you, it was on you. Thursday. Uh, I believe it was on Thursday, you and you uh, and Gino, you guys were uh, talking about the Isaiah Thomas interview with Shannon Sharp, which happened on YouTube last week. I had a chance to watch the whole thing last night. And Isaiah Thomas uh, had Michael Jordan ranked as the fifth uh, toughest player that he ever played against. So of course, he talked about he didn't look at Michael Jordan as competition um, when he came into the league in 1981. And I kind of saw why. We all, we all know that Isaiah Thomas can be a perfect politician as well, so he can't really trust everything that he says. But with that being said, uh, some people say that this was him uh, with another opportunity to take a dig at Jordan. Of course, we all know from watching that Bad Boys documentary that he was jealous of Michael Jordan when Jordan uh, was drafted by the Bulls. He took over the city immediately. Of course, the six championships came after that. I wanted to get your thoughts on here. Do you think that uh, some people's criticism of him were valid, or do you think there was just some uh, overreaction? As far as Isaiah Thomas and his comments? Yeah, about him ranking Jordan as the fifth toughest player you ever faced. Oh, you know what? I feel like it's always going to be a little petty coming from Isaiah Thomas. And I, I want fans to continue to call him out as a hater. You know what I mean? I, I, feel, <laughs> like Isaiah, I feel like Isaiah is better than that. And, and he needs to stop. You know, like, I, I understand 
that, you know, when he came into the league, yes, he, he was he was going after Magic, he was going after Larry Bird. But we know that, you know, Jordan is the one that put a stop to their reign. And after that, mm-hmm. it, it was nothing. You know what I mean? And, and then you add into the factor that Michael Jordan w- was running things in Isaiah's hometown. It's easy to see a little bit of saltiness coming from Isaiah, but I feel like Isaiah's resume is too good to every time we're, we're talking about his legacy, he's throwing shots at Michael Jordan. I feel like mm-hmm. he should stand on his more because he, I feel like he's the best point guard of all time. You know, a lot of people can't touch, you know, the legacy that Isaiah Thomas has. No, he doesn't have that MVP uh, that a lot of the top players at that time, you know, like Magic, Larry, Mike, all those guys have MVPs and Isaiah don't, but I still feel like that Detroit Pistons, Bad Boys team, the legacy that they have is is solid enough for him to just let go whatever problem he has with Michael Jordan. Maybe they do need to have a sit down on TV and, and hash out their problems. But I feel well, like he did it with Magic Johnson a couple of years ago on NBA TV, which was yeah. a great episode. I don't yeah, know what's going to happen with Mike, but, you know. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen with Mike because I feel like Mike feels like all of that is is, is a little bit unnecessary. You know, I mean, we saw Mike's mm-hmm. reaction with, with him laughing at the iPad and all of that. So we know how Mike feels about all the back and forth. And I, I honestly feel like one of the, the biggest revelations uh, or things we found out from the last dance is that it wasn't just Mike that had an issue with Isaiah. Everybody felt he was kind of annoying. It didn't really want him around. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel like it, it, it's kind of misguided for, for Isaiah to continue to kind of target Mike like they have a feud. I, I feel like it just really needs to stop and they, Isaiah can just put the hatchet down for it for a little bit. Yeah, I think they just need they're they're all in their in their well in their fifties now, Terrence. I think they need to yes. kind of just they need to kinda of like whatever let, sort of beef they have go. with each other, just just let it go. Just let whatever grievances they have, they should just let it go. Do a TV special for goodness sakes. I mean, look, I'm sure ESPN <laughs> or NBA TV will do it, but uh <laughs> anyway, on a serious note though, with with the draft being this coming up this week. Um, who do you think goes number one? Because there's still like there's like five or six guys that can be like in that top four or five. And again, we'll mm-hmm. see what the Bulls do. But who you see going number one? You got Wiseman. Um, you got the guy from I think he's from I forgot I forgot the one okay. from Europe somewhere. And you know who who you who do you have going number one? I think it's going to be Lamelo Ball. You know, I, I feel like he is uh, going to be a star in the league. He, off the top, you know what I mean? So whatever team picks him is going to have a star on their hands immediately. And I don't think you can say that for anybody else in this draft, you know, which is why I feel like LaMelo is going to end up going number one. He he did take a very unconventional path to the draft, you know, to the draft. No college basketball uh, for LaMelo, but I still feel like teams saw him grow enough where they feel like, he, you know, he's the top prospect in this draft. Okay. Uh, who do you think is the sleeper of the drafts? Now, I'm thinking if, if Golden State take Wiseman at two, I think that could be real dangerous for people pay attention to Golden State. But who do you think is your sleeper of the draft? Because I'm liking Obi Top. That's, that's, that's who I was saying. You know, I, I definitely, if the Bulls stay at four, 
I would like to see them take Obi Toppin. Me so too. I, I, so do I. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I like the kid. I feel like he, he can, you know, he, his game is is, is well rounded. He, I, I feel like he's one of the the few two way players in this draft. Which, you know, he has to, you know, the Bulls need somebody to anchor that defense because it's it's bad right now. So I, I totally would like to see Obi Toppin. I, you know, that that's my sleeper. But I, I personally will – I want to see the Bulls move up into that first pick and, and, and take the best player in the draft. And I feel like they need to send a message after the last dance and everything like that. The Bulls need to find a way back to, to real prominence in the league. And I, I think it's it, they have to find a way to, to move up and to that top spot somehow. They, they, can, they, can send, they can send Zach back to Minnesota and swap the picks and get him Zach, swap the picks. Take Lamelo, and they might be making a move right oh, there. <laughs> Come on, oh, let's do it. That's, that's, I hope they got you in the war room. Yeah. <laughs> Terrence, let's move over to baseball. Of course, we'll start off with my team, the Chicago White Sox, the team that you cover as well for it's the bigs. Uh, of course, uh, Jose Abreu, congratulations to him for winning his first AL MVP award. But I want to focus in on their hire of Tony LaRusso. Of course, um, many of the uh, fans were upset because you hired a, a guy who's much, much older than this, uh, than this core. You know, we're not, uh, some people were not quite, his baseball knowledge should not be questioned, but uh, his age is being questioned. And of course he had his stance with Colin Kaepernick a few years ago. We won't get too deep into that. Well, of course, uh, the story is now out with his second DUI that the White Sox knew about it but they, uh, Jerry Weinstorf, the owner, went, went ahead and hired him anyway. I want to get your quick thoughts about that. I feel like it's simple. You know, uh, the White Sox right now are, are definitely in a position where they, they have to battle the embarrassment that Tony La Russa brought on with the, with the second DUI. But I feel like the roster is at a point where it doesn't really matter who the coach? Not not to say that it doesn't matter because we we saw Ricky mismanage the bullpen in the playoffs, but I feel like the roster's at a point where Tony Larusa can really take this roster to the next level. Like I'm I'm actually excited to see how they play under Tony Larusa now. Does he have his own issues where he's going to have to address, you know, his age and and his feelings on you know the style of baseball that, uh, you know, a lot of the guys play in today's game. Yes, but I feel like guys like Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, they're not going to change their style of play for Tony LaRusso. You know, they, they're successful because of, you know, the charisma and everything that goes into their character, which makes them a good baseball player. Tony LaRusso isn't going to affect that. So although I understand play, you know, Players and fans are probably hoping for a a, a, a different name, and, and maybe even Rick Hahn kind of sent a, a a different message when they fired uh, Ricky Renteria when he said they were looking for a manager uh, with recent playoff, you know, success. You know, that's not who Tony Larusa is, but Jay Reinsdorf has a way of always reminding you know reminding us who's in charge, and. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what this was. You know, Tony La Russa is his guy. You know what I mean? And, and for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, trying to right a wrong from the past when, when they fired him back in the 80s, back before I was even born, 
Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> now you make me feel old, bro. Now you make geez. me feel old. I'm, 30, I'm 31. I'm 31. You know, so I, I, you know, if it's if it's Jay Ronsdorf trying to, you know, right or wrong, then it is what it is. But I'm more excited for that roster than anything. I mean, especially if they can go out and get another arm. We know Michael Kopech is is on his way back, uh, and, and should be a hundred percent healthy. Uh, which is going to be a, a great thing. And uh, now you're talking about Jose Abreu being a reigning MVP. Uh, I feel like what, what that's going to do to guys like Eli Jimenez and, and Luis, Ro, uh, Luis Robert, those, you know, those guys are, are in a position where the sky's the limit. You know, and I don't feel like Tony La Russa is a bad enough hire to Best change the expectations of this team. Now, what about now? What about the Cubs? I mean, there was some chatter from Buster Only from ESPN saying that they they're open to perhaps maybe trading some key pieces, maybe even Javi Baez. So, what do you think their Cubs the Cubs are going to do this off season? I would have to see that to believe it. You know, I although I know you know it's been you know said all season long that it was the last dance for the Cubs and for that for that core that we saw win a championship in 2016. Uh, we see Theo Epstein kind of plotting his exit from the organization. Um, I, I feel like if he's going to trade Javier Baez, then it better be a damn good haul. You know what I mean? <laughs> if, 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 it's, if it's, you know, a move to, to shore up the, the farm system, then I, I'm, I'm not sure if I agree with it. Uh, but... I, I I don't expect this team to look the same. You know I mean, I, I do expect some big changes, whether that means uh, Chris Bryan is, is, has one more season before he's gone, whether that means Wilson Contreras is going to get traded. I feel like it, it's going to move – it's going to come together slowly up north, as, as it usually does in the offseason. But, you know, they, they, got, they have to revamp. They, they, got, they got to do some things, man. I, that pitching rotation needs to be addressed. Uh, John Lester most likely is hanging it up. Um, and, and who knows? Who knows? If uh, Jose Quintana, you know, what they do with that. If, I, I've been hearing rumblings that Jose Quintana could find his way back to the south side, you know. So I'm, I'm interested to see how big the facelift is going to be uh, for the Cubs because I know – that there is going to be a lot of changes up, you know, up north. And with baseball, what move you think the White Sox got to make right now to kind of make us forget about the Tony La Russa situation? <laughs> Other than since bringing in another pitcher is what's needed, what's the one move you think they can make right now that'll make us say, okay, we're going to overlook the age, we're going to overlook the DUIs, we're going to overlook the friendship IRA or whatever they want to call that. What move can they make right now to get all of that off our mind? Well, I would have loved if Marcus Stroman ended up on the, on the White Sox, but that's already not going to happen. Now I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what Trevor Bauer is going to do. You know, I'm, look, I'm looking at Trevor Bauer as a, a possibility, but at the same time, I don't want to get too ahead of myself because I know Jay Reinsdorf isn't going to spend a bunch of money. You know, so I'm looking at 
them doing what they've all with you, what they've been doing for the last couple of years, which is entrusting their current roster. You know, they just hired a, a pitching, a, pit, a new pitching coach. Yeah. And I, I want to see how he's going to affect Dylan Seeks, how he's going to affect Dane Dunnett. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, addition of Michael Kopech uh, being a huge addition. I'm, I think you're talking about a guy that could anchor your pitching staff he, as a rookie. Yeah, you know he's I mean? right. And, yeah. And, and this, is, this is what I get from, from Kopech from talking to him, you know. He is a baller. I mean, I, I saw a lot of people say that he was soft because he decided to take this season off. That's simply not the case uh, with this kid. You know, I, I totally feel like he, although he is one of those guys, he's one of those self-care guys where, you know, he is going to be doing the yoga and all of that. So I feel like that had more to do with this, with him taking the season off than anything. But I, I know that when he steps between those lines and, and, and gets on the mound, we're going to be seeing a, a special prospect. So I feel like the, the fan base can back away from the edge a little bit because with, I still think we're talking about a, a World Series caliber roster. Um, you, I would like to see a, if they can bring in a right fielder. You know, I, I will say that we saw Mazzara and Engel kind of go back and forth. They do need to solidify what's going on in right field, but, you know, you, you, we still have a couple of guys in the farm system uh, that when they get here, it's going to be problems. So, you know, <laughs> there's still reason for, for the Southside fans to be excited. You know, it's a, it's a completely different story uh, than what's going on up north. You know, we're, we're talking about hopefully a roster that's going to be contending for a World Series for, for the next five, six years, at least. Right. Last moment or two with Terrence Thomas of Insta Biggs right here on Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott. I am Sydney Brown. Last question from me, Terrence, before we wrap up here. Of course, I, I referenced that earlier. You, you, you and Gino have uh, three shows during the week. Of course, every Tuesday and Thursday on the What's In It for the Black People Network is on the soil. Uh, while I watch it whenever I can, it's on from 1 to 3 p.m. every Tuesday and Thursday. Of course, now you guys have a football show every Sunday from now expanded for two hours from 10 a.m. to noon right before kickoff with your co-host, Herb Howard. How, uh, how did those opportunities come about? You know what? I actually had a chance to work with Mays Jackson when I worked at the Chicago Defender. I was the managing editor uh, from 2014 until 2000 late 2015, and, and while I was there, he was the political editor, you know, and uh, I always enjoyed working with Mays. I always knew that he wasn't the most politically correct person, and I always respected that. Um, when he had the opportunity to, to, to do his own thing, he reached out, and I, I, we saw that he was building, you know, a new uh, – a, a, a new outlet that that put black people's voices first so that that really is a is a, a value that lined up with the bigs brand that, that's one of our priorities and our passion is to to amplify black voices so when we saw that was going down we definitely wanted to be a part of it and for the last maybe two almost three months uh we've been doing on the soil for one to three uh on tuesdays and thursdays and like you said now 
Uh, we've expanded to do another show on Sunday called the, the Sunday Kickoff Kickback, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, myself, Eugene, and Herb Howard just want, you know, give uh, what we feel is a, a refreshing pregame, uh, a pregame option, you know, to add to the mix. Because I mm-hmm. feel like if you were t- to turn on your radio and, you know, locally, if you were to turn on your TV locally at 10 o'clock, you're not going to find any conversation like the one we're having on football. So, uh, as you know, man, we're definitely passionate about black media. Uh, We're always still looking to grow the brand. Uh, And, you know, we're definitely working so that in uh, 2021, uh, we can do some more special things with the biz, man. Our West Center for the Black People Media family uh, is totally behind us and pushing us forward in a way that we respect and appreciate. And, you know, we're excited for uh, the future for sure still. I love what you guys are doing. Like I said, I always try to listen to whenever I can. And I love what you guys are doing, giving voices to African-Americans, because it seems like there's still, you know, still got a ways to go. But the good news Mm -hmm. is that it is starting to grow and people are looking to contact like you guys. So tell everyone what you're doing to kind of like keep growing and keep prospering. Absolutely. We're looking uh, to share the outlet. You know, um, we have a Bears correspondent that covers the Bears beat for us. He's actually going to be heading uh, to Soldier Field tonight to cover the Monday night football game. Uh, His name is Joseph Lewis. And you can definitely follow all of our social media pages to to stay updated on what he's been doing this year. Uh, But that's, you know, that's really what it is. We're looking to to add people to the outlet uh, to basically show the, the industry that we're growing, you know, and that, you know, one thing Eugene and I know is that we aren't the only ones on the grind. You know, we've been uh, doing, you know, doing you guys' shows for the last couple of years. We know Ken is still doing his thing. Of course, we know Tony and, and Josh Hicks and everything, everybody, you know, over there at War, everything, everything you guys are doing. Uh, you know, so we're just trying to, to expand it and bring people into the fold that we know have been working towards trying to, you know, to, to make the dream real. You know, we know that everybody wants to cover a beat in Chicago. Uh, and, and we're just trying to make sure that we can turn ourselves into a destination where uh, Black media members can come in and, and, and do that and, and fulfill their dreams and add a, a valuable perspective to the marketplace. You know, and I feel like it's easy in this market, especially in Chicago, for people to think that it is, you know, we're only 670 to score, we're only ESPN or ABC. And we know that it's, it's really kind of a renaissance going on where a lot of independent outlets have been working so hard for so long. And, and we're just trying to, you know, stay focused on the end game. And, and like I said, give give everybody uh, that we that we've come into contact with it, that platform as well, be able to, to use that platform as well. So that's what's going on at the Bigs Media. You know, with the pandemic, everything has kind of changed, uh, but we're definitely blessed to still be in the fold and to still have the relationships with the teams. Uh, you know, they've all uh, been very, you know, helpful during this time as far as making sure that we stay, you know, in the picture because that that's that's a challenge. So. We're definitely appreciate uh, appreciated for that. Lamont, 
it was more so of a comment before you get out of here. Uh, I, I just want to say, yeah, what y'all doing is great, bro. Keep up the good work. And, man, look forward to working with y'all soon. And if you had to give any advice to someone that was trying to get on, which direction would you send them? Or would you say stick with Chicago or try other smaller cities? I, I feel like you, you got to be open, as open as possible, you know. I, I'm the kind of person where I, I knew that I wanted to do it in Chicago and I, I, w I couldn't see it any other way, you know. So I, I know that it depends on the person. You know, I would just tell, you know, anybody that's, that's trying to, to get into the media game to just always, above anything else, believe in yourself and, and don't take no for an answer. You know, I, I feel like, if Eugene and I took no for an answer, this would have stopped years ago. You know, but we we are blessed to be able to turn, you know, some of our no's into yeses because we're not afraid to, you know, create. You know, we stay creating, uh, which which even if it's a baby step, you know, we we take it and we move forward and 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 move with the mindset that the only direction that we're moving in is up. So. You know, just, just keep a confident mindset. Don't take no for an answer because you're going to get some no's and, and believe in yourself. All right. There is Terrence Town of It's the Bigs. Terrence, thank you so much for joining us. You and, and Gino have been a big inspiration uh, to everybody in the media industry, especially in the independent outlet. I'm sure you, um, you guys feel that way by us as, as well, along with the D and David show. Now that's David's show. And uh, P.S. Before we uh, let you go, P.S. Uh, great interviews with Joe Cowley of the Sun Times, who covers the Bulls, and Mark Aguirre, who you guys had in the studio last week. For those of you that missed those interviews, go back to YouTube and Facebook. Type in on the soil with this. It's the Bigs. Both those interviews were great. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Keep up the great work, and let's do this again soon. Okay. Man, anytime you guys want me, man. Thank you so much, Sid. I appreciate you. And, and y'all stay on the ground as well. You guys as well. We will. And 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 look and look, you know, you tell you G, we're not gonna take it personally. Says he's been avoiding this, you know. I'll talk to him about it for y'all. No problem. All right, you guys keep up the great work. Stay safe. Thank you, thank you. Y'all take care. Yeah, you too. Salute. All right, there was Terrence Tomlin of It's the Bigs. Of course, you can catch their uh, digital show on, on the What's In It for Black People um, network. Uh, that's under the Maze Jackson page on YouTube and Facebook. It's On the Soil with It's the Bigs it's every Tuesday and Thursday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. And then the kickoff kickback every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. to noon Central Standard Time right before kickoff. Once again, that's on the What's In It For The Black People Network. That's on the Maze Jackson page. That's M-A-Z-E Jackson page on YouTube and Facebook. Guys, uh, did you did you have fun with Terrence today? Because uh, it's always a wonderful time. We, we chop it up with him, as the kids would say. I love, I love his insight, and I love what he and Eugene yeah. and others are doing. This is a great outlet for African Americans and – you know, to have to find that voice, you know, to have that, you know, to have that voice, mm -hmm. you know, to be to be seen and heard. So I'm glad they're doing that and continue success. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Sorry to bring this up with him in the interview. But, you know, of course, uh, you, you guys uh, listened to, uh, to us. We had on Nick Hamilton from Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago. And he basically said the same thing. You know, you had to continue to grind, uh, build those relationships, make those connections and 
and, and keep building because of um, you'll you'll see the, the the results, the fruits of your labor. And I, I know those guys, along with us and uh, the rest of the War Media crew, are doing this as well as we try to put out great content for you guys on a daily and a weekly basis. So uh, doing it like in a market like Chicago, like like Terrence said, uh, it can only be done our way here. And how can you get your voice out there the, the way you want to do it without putting in the work? I just want people to uh, you know, take a, away from this, especially the people that want to do what we do and trying to follow what we do. You know, you have to put in the work. You have to be dedicated. You have to be passionate about it because if, you, if you're not, you're going nowhere. And I, I, even though people know me as an old school music guy, uh, I'll leave you guys with this. The late Billy Preston said this in a famous song, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. You got to have something to be with me. Yeah, most, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, only people over 35 will get that reference to what Sid just said. <laughs> Thank you, Dick Stockton. <laughs> and, and, and hopefully we can have, you know, Nick and, our, and, and Terrence and Eugene and our, and our buddy Amara Akil, who was here, you know, just mm -hmm. a few months ago. Maybe we could do like a panel discussion on, you know, the growth of black media, especially in sports and entertainment. I think we would, that, that hopefully we can do that at some point. Yeah. That is a and you can get it done. I believe, <laughs> I believe in you, Lakina. Like you used to. A couple of notes before we uh, disperse. Um, it looks like Drew Brees is going to be out for a while. Oh, you seen that? That's yeah. Bad. That's reporting that he has multiple rib fractures on both sides of his chest and a collapsed lung on the right side. So. Ooh. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jameis Winston takes the gonna be seeing a lot of lot of them, and perhaps maybe Alvin Kamara. He might end up throwing the ball too. So, looks like yeah. yeah. Ugh, <laughs> he heard from Jameis. It's time for famous Jameis again. <laughs> All right. Also, congratulations to Dustin Johnson for winning his second major, also his first Masters, wire to wire, um, just dominated the field from uh, start to finish. I mean, look. I, his game is, has improved so much, you know, thanks to his brother. He's been a better caddy. So, and I think the two of them have, have had such a great, you know, camaraderie between the two of them. And, you know, it was just, it was just great to see and all, the, and all his emotion after winning it. I mean, it actually turned out to be a really good tournament. It ended at about 2.15 our time. So, it actually worked out great for CBS. So, you know, yes, a little over $2 million, and he'll have to he'll be able to keep the checker for only a few months since you know, the, the match will be next April, back to where it should be. But, you know, some good finishes. Uh, an, an, another uh, sports thing, uh, shout out, Mark Burley made the ballot for the Hall of Fame. Hopefully, he get in. Do you think Mark Burley is a Hall of Fame pitcher? Ooh. That, ooh, that is a good question. To me, he's that one is of those a good question. very good Hall of very good. Right. I think he's Hall of Fame. But like you, you look at some of the people that like got like uh, that, that that has gotten in in the last couple of years that were pitchers. They just about where Mark Burley was at, you know, without the perfect games and the complete games and the uh, no hitters. So I'm I'm real interested to see how they play him on that. But a couple of the people that then got in make it very plausible and possible that he can get in. Me selfishly, I want him to uh, get into the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he will. Uh, if he does, he'll have to sweat it out for for a while because we all know that uh, base, baseball is numbers driven. And like you said, Lamar, he doesn't have the 300 wins, but he does have uh, the perfect game behind him, which it bumps him up somewhat. But uh, and, and he has a World Series ring from 2005, and he has a 
playoff save uh, on his record. That was, that was due to game three of the World Series of that 2005 season as well. So he does, he does have the credentials, but if he does, he's going to have to sweat it out a while. He won't be first ballot. It depends on who's going up against. But I guarantee you, if he gets in, he won't be first ballot. He'll have to sweat it out for a while. He'll you look at, it'll I'm sorry. be a minute. No, no, go ahead, Lamont. No, I'm saying you look at the other, like they keep trying to push the Kurt Schillings in there. I mean, you know, Mark Bailey, just because we saw him all the time, I'm not like being a homer or anything. He did some damage in Toronto after he we thought he was done here. So, I mean, I'll be rooting for him, but, uh, I, you know, let's see. Yeah, he might have to wait a while. I hope he gets in, but I, I think it's going to be kind of kind of kind of close. Um, so real quick college uh, hoops news, guys. Um, this came out a couple of hours ago, maybe about three hours ago. Um, this LA men's tournament for next year will be in, looks like it's going to be in Indianapolis. They're going to keep it all in that one area, you know, one geographical area, and maybe perhaps maybe the whole state of Indiana, maybe perhaps since it's going to be, the final four is going to be Indy next year. So they're, they're trying to do kind of like a bubble type thing and I'm sure maybe the women I'm sure on the women's side and also the other divisions you know D2 G3 are probably gonna do the same thing what do you guys think about that whatever it takes to make it work <laughs> I mean if you had to put them all in so far I don't really care as long as you make it work <laughs> you know let the kids play in some form or fashion if it's possible let them play like we need to see it they need to play I think that impacted yes. the draft so much as we talked about on Friday, uh, Lakina, we all, as fans, we all want to see March Madness come back. I want to uh, hear more details about this plan because we all know that uh, we, we're all, we all know that coronavirus cases, including in Indiana and here in Illinois, which we are broadcasting from, they are on the rise because we are in the middle of the second wave currently. But I want to hear the rest of this plan because as I tweeted out to our good friend of the show, Cheryl Ray Stout from WBZ here in Chicago, do you really trust the NCAA? Look what happened there. They barely got college football back to being, uh, being played this year, even though most of the, the five major conferences started late. Do you really trust the NCAA? It sounds like a good idea, but I need to hear more. Right now, I'm giving them the side eye. Yeah. Um, I'm just doing a thinking face. Hmm. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they just mentioning that Drew Brees thing. They just threw the Saints' upcoming schedule up there and their probabilities. Do you see those easy games they got? Tampa Bay might be in trouble because even with Jameis Winston, the teams that they're scheduled to play next, they should be able to beat with Jameis Winston. So I don't know. Tampa Bay might not get lucky. It, it, look, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how much, you know, Drew, how much time he misses, Drew Brees does, and we'll see how good Jameis Winston can be. And maybe Taysom Hill, we'll see a lot, maybe a lot of him. And like I said, we'll, we might see Kamara maybe, perhaps maybe, you know, play quarterback. So it's, that's just how, that's just how weird Sean Payton's mind works. <laughs> so uh, yeah. we'll just have to look out for that. What are you guys looking forward to this week? The draft? The NBA? Mm -hmm. They talking Anthony Edwards might sneak in and still at number. If, if Anthony Edwards sneak up and still at number one spot, the Bulls better trade up and get a ball. If 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 something like that, if it's a shake up right at the top and Anthony Edwards goes first, they can move up once. They can move up and get him then, because he'll still be out there. And they do need a face like he was saying. I mean, but I, I I'm that draft and then free agency is the trades. I think it's gonna be a real hot NBA week. Like. I'm definitely taking my computer and everything sports-related with me. 
out of out of town in the morning. So yeah, it's gonna be a hot NBA week. Of course, oh, I'm with. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm with Lamont. I'm looking forward to the draft and. Uh, it, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Lamont, as we talked with Terrence earlier about if Golden State takes James, James uh, Weissman at number two, uh, that's going to make that team much more dangerous because your, your core group is coming back healthy for 2021, and that's definitely a playoff team. Well, it's been the one thing that, that the Golden State Warriors have been lacking the last couple of years, a mobile big man who can score, and James Weissman uh, will definitely fill that void. And play defense, it. Can you see him locking down in the middle in that standing position? And he and he got Willie who who coming off the back. I think Willie Collie Stein is the back mm-hmm. the back. He's the backup. Yeah, yeah they, they they could be Golden State gonna make some and then I'm okay with them keeping Wiggins. Because Wiggins is a taller, much more talented Harrison Barnes to me. So I I'm cool with that. Like you give me Wiseman out there with Thompson Curry and Wiggins. Golden State going to be problems for people, man. You, y'all talk, They talked about them, but they're going to be problems. For me this week, of course, the NBA draft, I'm, I'm, I'm dying to see what uh, AK and Eversley, what they're going to do with the Bulls. Do they, decide to tr- do they decide to trade down or do they stay where they're at? You know, we'll see. I mean, there seems to be like, you know, sort of a wild card of a five or ten guys that could end up going to the Bulls or do they trade back? So I'm looking forward to that and also that top three, how that's going to look. And also to see if any more blockbuster trades like we just saw with CP3 going to Phoenix. And, you know, there are a couple of games in the MAC I'm interested in too. So that's. I love the MAC. Oh, yeah. Look, it's a lot of fun. Look, Jason loves the MAC conference. And um, look, I mean, it should be very interesting in the MAC as it usually is. But uh, it'll be a very interesting week in sports as usual. So with that said, you can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter and at Keena underscore McGee on the Instagram. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You can follow yours truly at SidKid80 on the Twitter and Instagram at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can go to our website at weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio.com. You can listen to this podcast, Second City Sports, as part of the War Media Network at simply at War on Anger, which is on Cloud, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for War on Anger. We're also on iHeartRadio. Please, please, please download the iHeartRadio app. And when you do, please type in that search engine box, War on Anger. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor, and we're also on YouTube W-A-R-R Media. You can not only listen to us, but watch us here as well. We are live, and we exist. And you can look at our lovely faces. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for the guys, I'm Lakina. Enjoy the sports this week. Also enjoy the draft as well. Um, please stay safe out there, you guys. You know, you know, we're in the second wave. I know this you know, vaccine is supposed to be coming in, in like within the spring, but we're still got a long ways to go. And look, we got to go through this winter first. So please wash your hands, wear your mask properly. And if you know, if you don't have to travel for Thanksgiving, don't do it. So for the guys, uh, I'm like, so for the guys, I'm like, and this is Second City Sports Zoom style. We'll see you Friday. Mm. Peace. Till next time. Till next time, holla!